What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You have tuned in to the Flyer Sports and Entertainment Podcast in all the land. This is Stat Lines Matter. I am your host, Mark Stewart. And as normal and usual, I'm here with my partner in crime, Mr. Rob Hunter. And we actually have a, a surprise for you today. We are here virtually, first and foremost. This is our first virtual show. And we have a special guest. Uh, I would like to introduce an old friend of mine and uh, super sports fan, Mr. Tabiso Nkediyanye. And let me be clear, that's going to be the last time I say his whole name. He's professionally known as Tab. He's an executive in the music industry, like me, but he's also a super fan like me in, in, in Rob. So it's perfect that we have him here. And I would like to welcome Tab onto our show for his first of many occasional appearances on Stat Lines Matter. Welcome, Tab. What up, what up from the West Coast? Representing Los Angeles, where you live, and representing the Bay where you're from, correct? Yay, area. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, representing Frisco. Now, to, to make the connection, we all know each other and have worked together. So Rob and Tab have known each other, I would say loosely since about, Rob, like 1995, right? 97. 97? Yeah. And me and Tab longer than that. I ain't even going to say how long because then we'll be dating ourselves. Uh, I didn't want you to say that. <laughs> 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 no, we, listen, we, me, we've all three of us have done a lot of things together over the years, but what we have become is really good, uh, really good sports friends. So uh, as we did our first um, show that was going live, I wanted to bring Tab on, um, who is an amazing sports fan. And also he's been putting mad pressure on me. Be like, you gotta put me on, you gotta put me on SLM, you gotta put me on. So I, I wanted to have him on because he has so many uh things to share. Before we get into, I want to talk about his team, but before we get into that, I wanna just um I wanna officially eulogize my Chicago Bears. I just wanna say that um, you know, they they've done well, they've had a great life, and it's over. Last night. <laughs> it's a, it ended. It just it just it's over. Um, I've lost. Y'all still hear me? Faith. See me? Yeah, you do. I've lost faith. I've lost hope. I've lost it all. Um, I don't even know if I believe in Justin anymore. I don't know how I feel. Um, I mean, when a man step in and beat you on nine toes for the six was six straight time. Uh, that was a that was um it's interesting because you know given the fact that it's it's your it's your rival but i i wouldn't declare y'all dead yet just because you don't know justin is taking his lumps right now and uh you, you just got to give that you just got to give that some time to see what it's gonna be I, that that's the only and then and aaron is on his way out it ain't like he's gonna play for another 10 years yeah but this has so little to do with Aaron and Green Bay as much as it has to do for me with um I just lost hope man I don't even have any faith in the McCaskey family to hire the next GM and the next head coach um it's it's really bad so I just wanted to get that out the way I wanted to say I'm sad uh like I feel like somebody's died I, I have to get a new team I I already have a second team Pittsburgh Steelers but I'm gonna get a second I'm gonna get a third team and and just like I'm going to mourn them. So I'd like to just, I don't even want to talk about them. They're sad. Um, but okay. So tab, I just had to get that out the way. Uh, yes, tab, you had a hell of a game yesterday. 
your San Francisco 49ers had an amazing game uh, that I thought you had in control. And then all of a sudden they roared back. But give me your take on what you saw yesterday and then how you feel about your chances going forward. Yesterday's game was incredible. <clears throat> Look, everybody knows, or I shouldn't say everybody, but you guys definitely know how I feel about Jimmy. Jimmy G, a.k.a. The Bachelor, a.k.a. Porn Star Jimmy. Um, <laughs> but he's done an amazing job, like, honestly, in control. You know what's funny? Jimmy plays well when his back is against the wall, except for the Super Bowl. But other than that, but lately, if you've noticed, Jimmy on his like last few drives, game-winning drives, he stepped up. He's put us in really good positions to win games. Um, I still want him gone, <laughs> and I believe that this is Jimmy's you do. last that, year. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you. You want him gone? One hundred percent. Look, I I haven't gotten over the overthrow. I was I was sitting there inside uh, the stadium there in Miami, Hard Rock. And I watched him clearly overthrow Emmanuel Sanders. I watched him have the lowest QBR in fourth quarter Super Bowl history. I spent $10,000 to watch that. I'll never forgive him for that. <laughs> it's just, it's that, that's now, why I, I want him gone. And, you know, and you and I have had many debates about that. And look, he, he, he's performing well under the pressure, under, you know, with, with Justin over his shoulder, but we're only going to go so far with Jimmy as our quarterback. Let's just be honest with you. But look, like I said, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take our Sundays. I'll take wins on Sundays anytime you give them. But we're not the class of the NFC West, you know. Obviously, in my, you know how it goes. It's, it's Arizona. It's, it's Los Angeles, and then we fall in there somewhere. Rob, what's your take uh, on Jimmy? Because me and I don't know if you've never really been part of me and Tab's conversations about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Because we've gone back and forth, and I, I don't necessarily say I disagree with Tab, but what's your take as somebody who's not like day to day involved with what Jimmy's doing? How do you see it as a an outside football fan? I mean, with no think, no you know no interest in it. Well, for me, you, you look at particularly I, yesterday. You know, they were up what by two touchdowns, uh, twenty to six, um, and then. You know, he comes in on the road and in one of the more difficult places to play uh, on the road. Cincinnati, everybody knows you know, a road game in Cincinnati uh, is a tough place to play. Um, they they can't they, they started the, the overtime uh, when after you know, after they got the ball down by three, it was five straight completions. And of course, you know, the uh, the pass to uh, pass to Kittle and then uh, and then ultimately the, the game winning pass to, uh, to Brandon Ayuk for the touchdown. I, I think that um 296 yards uh two touchdowns no picks so you got 17 touchdowns on the year uh for 17 touchdowns and interceptions 3000 yards passing uh i like you know there there are there are better quarterbacks playing in the league right now we know their names but you know how much better i mean how much better is better what are what exactly are you looking for now i know with given the history of San Francisco, right, with Steve Young and Joe Montana, he's used to a certain level of, of expertise and, 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 you know, top-notch right. quarterback play. But I think, you know, just, just from what I saw yesterday, I think there's reason for optimism. Um, you know, and then, and then they, they're overcoming three straight losses uh, to, to start the season weeks three through five. So, I mean, if anything, it shows uh, the ability to bounce back is what you have to have in this league. And they lost that lead. Like yesterday, and obviously you get a big road win, and they put themselves in the sixth spot uh, in the NFC playoff picture. So, um, 
you know, just from the outside looking in, of course, a fan is going to have always a different perspective. You and I always go back and forth on, you know, the, the Lovey Smith and the Bartman and, you know, cause I don't have a dog in those fights and you're a fan. So you see it one way. I see it another way. Um, I saw the, uh, the hell Mary play one way cause I'm a fan. Uh, and of course, you know, it wasn't that, but that's what it felt like at the time. So I'm not sitting up here saying that what I'm saying is right. And tab, you know, he's, he's a little, you know, I think he's, uh, prisoner of the moment or trying to uh, abandon the ship a little early. I'm just simply saying that looking at what happened yesterday, you know, there's reason for optimism, particularly, like I said, with three straight losses, weeks three through five, sometimes it's hard to overcome a skid like that, particularly early in the season. Um, so, you know, for me, I think, I think Jimmy's earned the right to, to, uh, you know, for, 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 for some vote of confidence. Yeah. I think they have an interesting, I think it's going to be an interesting dilemma for them if they make the playoffs and grab even a game in the playoffs, because um, one of the things, one of the stats that when I was um, getting, getting ready for the show, um, Jimmy is tied for second in the league with, uh, with Joe Burrow at 8.4 yards per attempt. Oh, per completion. Yeah. Yeah. Tied for second. Yeah. yeah, No, per attempt. Yeah. And um, which is really, really good. No, it's per attempt. That's right. He's pushing the ball downfield, though. That's what you're saying. He's pushing the down. Yeah, he's pushing the ball downfield, and sort of uh, dispels the sort of notion that he's a like a dink and dunk manager. Like, I mean, he's only second. He's second to Kyler Murray. Like, in terms of deep, let me ask you, know, you a question, Mark, down the field. Does yeah. that particular stat encompass yak, or or is that the actual air yards? Uh, no, that's not the air yards. That is yak. That's just wherever they wherever the receiver. And I know there's. There's, y'all run a lot of those little flip passes to uh to Debo. So that's Debo. So that's what you're saying is 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 it's, it's, it's Debo. It's a lot Debo. It can't be all. It can't be all all Debo. It can't be all. It's got so it's some kittle in there. Oh, okay, I got you. I want an air yard stat. And I'll and you know what? I'll get the air yard stat for you um because it is available. Um, Tab, what I what I'll ask you before we move on is what? How do you balance? His play, if they if he gets you to the playoffs, and then bringing along a quarterback that you gave up a lot to get, you gave up a lot to get Trey Lance. We obviously haven't seen enough of him to even determine what he you know what he can do or can't do. And you seeing what Jimmy's doing when healthy, and your record with him when healthy is legit. How do you, as a uh, 49er fan, manage that in in your head, thinking about next year? Um, this is gonna sound extreme, but maybe it's. It's Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, but I, I, I'm assuming that once Trey Area takes the field after sitting for a year, he's going to look a lot better than what Jordan Love has. Um, and if Jimmy's under right. contract, maybe this is trade bait because um, we gave up a lot to get Trey. So I'd like I'd like Jimmy to play you well. Did. Look, I, I want Jimmy to be sexy because we still have Jimmy under contract. Maybe there's maybe that that's that's trade bait to to a team that needs that needs a quarterback. Like Jimmy, so in in my I'm to answer your question, the train has moved on for me. The future is the future is Trey. The sexier the sexier Jimmy is, the better it is. You know, it's Jimmy Jimmy's real estate. Like I I, I want the value to go up. I want Jimmy to play well. I want to be able to fleece a team out of the first sense. round pick. No, I, yeah, I don't know if you're gonna get that, but I but I get the point. Second I round. get your idea. Whatever uh, it is, on, on. you look. Depends on how good um, somebody is. I'll, go ahead. By the way, look, every year, every Sunday we get under center. Look, we want to win. I would love to be in a SoFi Stadium February 13th with Jimmy as my quarterback. 
You know what I'm saying? That'd be amazing. But at the end of the day, Jim, the era for me and Jimmy Garoppolo is over with. Even if he hoists the Lombardi, I'm done with Jimmy Garoppolo. And wow. I know that sounds crazy to y'all. Wow. What's the goal? That's a hot. That's, he that's can't, gangster. He, so he can't do nothing. What'd you say? Sorry? He can't do anything. I mean, he can win the Super Bowl and you still like, so what's the goal? If it's not to win the Super Bowl, what's the goal? The goal is to win the Super Bowl and have Trey Lance under center next year. So and you trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a high high pick. Because so you want you want Jimmy really to get quick. you want Jimmy. Go ahead. Jimmy's a system quarterback. Jimmy is very system quarterback. Jimmy is Jimmy is swing the ball, swing the ball to Brandon Ayuk and pray that Brandon Ayuk takes that ball 15 yards down the field. <clears throat> Jimmy Garoppolo is not. Jimmy Garoppolo puts no fear in any defense. Tyron Lue said it in the Super Bowl. He was like, when they stopped running the ball and let Jimmy throw the ball, we knew we had the game won. And he's right. Jimmy does not put any fear into anybody. You're not – look, man, if we get, get that far, it's based off of play calling. And if you go back to the NFC Championship game in 2019, we went to Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo had seven attempts, and we beat Green Bay by 30 points. We ran the ball. We play action, swing passes. Jimmy had seven attempts on our way to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a quarterback who is going to put fear into anybody. It's system. And we have to play great defense. And Kyle has to be conservative. The reason why that game was close is because we had to be conservative. Because Jimmy does not allow you to put anybody away. Jimmy doesn't have that, that thing. I'm telling y'all, like, that's, that's why, like, if, if, like I said, if, if we get there, it'd be great. But I've moved on. I know one person that really likes him. The tight end, Kittle. <laughs> he loves himself. 13 Listen. catches, 150 yards, touchdown. That's the second yes. consecutive game that he's done that. And the yes, last, the it. last, uh, the last tight end to do to do that was a dude named Shannon Sharp, coached by another Shanahan. Listen, I, I, I'll same. say this. Um with the threat of the run. This I, I'll say this, Tab. Yeah, Tab, you and I have had this conversation. You've actually got me to come uh, over to your side a little bit on this. Um, but the one thing I always say is the the column that matters the most is always the wins and losses. And I think that he has a record that shows that you guys win when he's under center. And I, despite what you want to do, I still think that Shanahan and, and Lynch have a, a, a real – dilemma not just because you have a quarterback on the bench but because of what you said earlier you gave up a lot to get that quarterback so at what point you know it's not like in the jordan love case where they sat back they just spent that one pick you guys spent real draft capital to move up to get that guy so we'll yes, we'll, we we'll definitely keep an eye on that and um and but i i understand how you feel i i had a quarterback that i needed to get rid of too uh, and Mitch Trubisky, so I'm never going to fault a man um, for, for, for wanting to get somebody out of his city. Um, I want to also um, actually have a quick discussion about – I was watching – actually, I was watching all the games yesterday, uh, as as y'all know that I do. But um, the Dallas game was interesting to me because you had Pollard out, you have a banged-up uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and then the game sort of went on – at least we thought uh, – on Dak Prescott's shoulders, who didn't play particularly well yesterday, and it was the defense that ended up carrying them to victory. Um, I actually think a, a Dallas team that's creating turnovers 
and playing good on defense, I think is is dangerous because I think ultimately Dak and that offense will get it going as we get down towards the end of the end of the season. What do you guys think of Dallas's chances? They're leading their division. I think they kind of put enough space between them and everybody else yesterday. What do you think their long-term chances are? Uh, I think it's Either it's, one. it's all on Kellen Moore <clears throat> to me. I think, look, the defense is incredible. Dan Quinn is out here. Got these boys playing incredible. Like, obviously, Mika Parsons looking like a young LT out there, just taking over games. Line of scrimmage, dropping back in coverage, just really being a ball hawk. I mean, he's really looking like a man amongst boys out there. <clears throat> to me, we saw we saw a tale of two Dax, right? If if you saw if you remember the beginning of the season, the Cowboys offense was looking unstoppable, you know, between between CD, between between Amari Cooper. And I think post calf injury, something's happened between that and just the conservative play calling. It's it's it started to look like the Jason Garrett play calling a little bit, which is keeping teams in the game. I don't see enough enough explosiveness from the offense. Obviously, they were missing Pollard yesterday, so I'm sure you know that that didn't help. But at the end of the day, I just feel like the only the only question mark for me regarding the Dallas Cowboys is is Kellen Moore and the play calling for me. Rob, what do you think? Um. The lo- as long as the look, look, Dak is still fifth in the in the NFL in yards per game, two hundred eighty-one passing yards per game. Um, I think also, uh, you know, some of that conservative pre- play calling has come with injuries, particularly to the receivers. Um, you know, when they played uh, when they played the Chiefs, they only scored nine points, but they had Amari Cooper out. They also had Ceedee Lamb out. Um, so I think the story of the Cowboys. I think the offense is going to be fine. I think Dak, at least for me, has proven himself to be. Um, you know, a top, you know, top five quarterback, um, a guy that can, you know, obviously push the ball downfield, make plays with his legs. Um, but I think the story right now, the difference between, you know, the Cowboys of this year and the Cowboys of last year is what Tav said earlier, which is the defense and Dan Quinn. Um, you know, this year, uh, this year they have, uh, let's see here, uh, th- this year, okay, so between this point last year, uh, 13 games, they had given up 400 points by this time. 400 points this time uh wow. they've given up 287 points so obviously that's a 113 point difference um they've only had they only had five picks at this point last year they got 21 now um and they got 31 sacks versus 24 last year so if you want to sometimes things are a little bit more nuanced this year i, I think that the difference is obviously it's, it's dan quinn it's and and also last year was the first time that they all actually had their, uh starting their starting defensive personnel all healthy um, so Randy Gregory, I mean, there, there, there's Micah Parsons, right? And there's Trey Diggs, right? Uh, or Stefan Diggs, sorry. So, so that you know, obviously he leads the league in interceptions. Uh, Micah Parsons is, is three sacks away from breaking the, uh, the rookie record, which was held by Javon Kirst, which ironically his nephew plays for, uh, plays safety for the Cowboys as well. This a little fun fact there. So, uh, but, but I mean, the defense is playing lights out. And I think that, uh, for me, I think anytime you have a defense playing that good, you have a chance to go the whole way. And I know that there's been there hasn't been this, the normal hype talk about the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. And I think this is a year that uh, that that prospect, at least with this defense playing the way it is, is actually realistic. I mean, you get when you get Dak playing the way he played, and they still uh, managed to pull off a roll win against a, a you know a, a, a division rival. 
I mean that that speaks for itself. So yeah, I'm I, I think I think I'm I, I'm as high on the Cowboys, given somebody that really doesn't like the Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys at all. I'm as high on the Cowboys as I've been in a while. Yeah, I would say that I say the same and, and almost for the exact same reasons. It's it's the defense and, and they got good young players. Um, it's a reason why they stuck with Randy Gregory through everything. You know, like mm-hmm. like I mean, I, I don't even know how many drug suspensions and you know whatever i get him and josh gordon you know they got about a dozen between them i think but they stick with him because he can he can get to the quarterback you know what i mean so like i i give him a real shot but i am concerned if pollard's not there because i don't think we are seeing the best of zeke and i don't know you know in the in the climate with running backs i don't know how you get that back you know it's always a little bit of a danger paying running back superstar money and then they get nicked up a little bit. We've seen it again and again. You've seen it with, you know, going back to Marco Murray. You've seen it with uh, Todd Gurley. You've seen it with a couple of these other guys, and they get this Chris check. And, and it's it's not like they're – yeah, it's not like they don't want to play. It's just that it's a lot of contact, man, and it's uh, a lot of uh, pain on the body, a lot of damage to the body, and, you know, it's, it's diminishing returns. So um, let me ask you guys this. Are y'all are we buying or selling the Buffalo Bills right now? Because I think there was a lot of hype coming in. Um, the Josh Allen train hype train was in full effect, and now I believe they're sitting at seven and six. And I think it's the Patriots' division to lose at a time when this is supposed to be Patriots rebuilding. What are you guys thinking of Buffalo, and what do you think about that game? Now they did roar back in the game. And and I think took it to overtime, and then Tampa pulled it out with the pass to uh, Bashard Perryman. But I think that Tampa Bay had the game in control in the first half, and then they just kind of I think took their foot off the gas. Are you guys buying or selling Buffalo right now? I'm selling. I'm selling because of what you said initially. It's 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 Belichick's division. As long as Belichick is up there in Foxborough, for me, it's always going to be the Patriots division. Um, obviously, we've seen massive improvement from the Josh Allen that first entered the league. Um, and I think the Buffalo Bills are doing some great things. <clears throat> but you know, it's funny that that Monday night loss, that was a backbreaker for me. That, I, And I think that was a backbreaker for that team. I think that that there, there, there's about, losses, Was it Tennessee? Like, sorry? Was that the Tennessee game? I'm sorry. I'm thinking the, the Monday Which night game. The Monday night game against the Patriots. I just believe that. Oh, that against game, the Patriots. Oh, okay. Yeah, this past sorry, week. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That game, that Monday night game, to me was it was a pivotal game for them in terms of the energy and how and, and how the season was going to go. For me, when, when when they lost that game, I just think that at that point it's like the season is over. Belichick is your daddy. It's just one of those things that is <laughs> is just not it's, it's not going to happen. You know, and as much as they wanted to win the game. As long as Hoodie's up there in Foxborough, I'm selling. I'm not buying. It's it's Belichick. It's his division, man. To me. Yeah, I uh, I agree with Tab. Um, and more so, not necessarily. That loss was obviously a division loss. It's a tough loss to have. Uh, but to me, it was the loss against the Jaguars, uh, mm. nine to six, where you had Trevor Lawrence only throw for I believe 115 yards, no touchdowns. Like like good teams. Not great teams. Good teams don't have that loss on their resume. 
Um, and then obviously they followed that up, I believe, with two weeks later with the loss that you were talking about, Tab, uh, the loss to to the Patriots. Um, and it's just, I, I, I well, okay, I'm selling them now. I'm buying them for the for the long haul. Um, I, I do. I mean, Josh Allen. I mean, still threw what 300 yards and rushed 400 yesterday, um, and to come back in the second half the way that they did, you know, shows the test of the fortitude. I just think that, and they and they did have the number one defense. I don't know that after after what time they told. I don't know if they're number one anymore. But uh, so I and, and that's that's a real number. Like the number one defense in the league, particularly at this point in the season, is it week 12 or 13. Um, that's real. And I think that Josh Allen, I mean, what he's been able to do on the center has, been, I'm just selling them for this season. I, I do think ultimately they will supplant. Well, they, they're, that's, that's being a bit audacious. Real I think, they, I think they will contend with Belichick for the, for years to come. I mean, they only lost by four points, um, when they played them on Monday night. So, but at, for, for this season, it's a definite sell and it has more to do with just how they've looked against the bad teams, particularly uh, you know that, that Jaguars loss was just something. That I, I, you know, when I when, when they when they put up six points in that game, I, I, I they I, in my mind they got they got a ways to go. And I, I think two points that I'll underscore is I think you need to look like a number one defense against good offenses. Yeah, like I think when you're in a division with the Jets and Miami when they didn't have uh, Tua and they're not, I wouldn't call you know, Miami, the 84 Dolphins, even when two is there, but they're better. It's easy to inflate your numbers a little bit uh, defensively in your defensive metrics. Um, they haven't looked that great against good offenses. And I think the second thing is, I don't know where you're really going in Buffalo with the inability to run the football. They don't run it. I don't know if they can't or they won't. And I know just side note, you know, Brian DeBowl, I think that's how you say his name. You know, he's a hot name for a lot of the head coaching jobs and, and particularly around Chicago. But I can tell you, man, I don't want him to – I don't want to throw the ball 50 times. And I definitely don't want my quarterback running for 100 yards if he doesn't have to. Turn around every now and then and give the ball to, to a running back and see how that goes. I, they just – they don't like – they don't seem to like to run the ball from what they I can have. tell. I don't have any stat to – Yeah. That, oh, I got him. With the optics of it, looks like they drop back to throw every time. Yeah, they had they had no rushing attempts by a running back in the first half. They had four rushing attempts all by Josh Allen in the first half. The first time they gave the ball to a running back was on the fake punt in the third in the third quarter. And the first rush that a running back had was by Singletary, and it went for twenty nine yards. So, yeah, that's a that's a coaching error. That's a that's that that's how, that's how a do you error. How do wow. you get in the film study in the film room and justify that? Even just to the to the offense, to your running backs, even to the quarterback, because you're you're exposing the quarterback to to harm. I mean, in reality, Josh Allen is I call him the real Cam Newton, right? It's he's the 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 dream scenario for Cam Newton to be able to deliver the football. Uh, on the run in the pocket and run. But the one thing it's a cautionary tale for Josh is look what the hits mounting up have done to Cam. He gonna have to chill with a lot of the, uh, you know, going airborne. He's young, he's strong. That changes really quick in the NFL. You know what I mean? Well, so he finished the game like, yesterday, apparently in a walking boot. So, you know, look. Yeah, no, seriously, man. And you saw and you saw it with Lamar. I know Lamar got hurt 
on a drop back. But again, you know, a lot of times it's it's death by a thousand cuts with some of these yeah. injuries. They just mount up. You coming out there, you're not a hundred percent. You know, these guys when they can get a shot at a quarterback, they take it because it because when they're in the pocket, they're protected. And I think, you know, whether you're Justin Fields or you, these guys, they protect you in the pocket, man. The NFL will yeah. do what they got to do if you get the ball out your hand. Uh, and that's how that's why Tom played to 43 and why Breeze played as long as he did is that they use the rules to their benefit. And I think that uh, Josh and his young crew, uh, quarterbacks, need to think about that. Speaking about uh, quarterbacks have taken a beating, um, I tab this is one of the uh, I have in common, uh, the Steelers. Um, it's been interesting watching Ben Roethlisberger because it looks like a great like a great racehorse or something like that, that doesn't have any more wins in him. But then every now and then, you know, like even last game, the stats were still good, but they were sort of like comeback stats after getting down. And I know you've complained about the offense. Is it more the play calling? Do you think Ben has anything left or is it time for my man to go on in? Look, man, I I, I want to be careful with my words here because number seven is, it's like a family member to me. I love Ben, respect Ben, everything he brought to the to to Pittsburgh, to Highsfield, to the two Super Bowl appearances. Um, wins, wins. Sorry, yes. I wanted to I wanted to blame Matt Canada because I I think the play calling is 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 atrocious. It's 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 like. <laughs> It's pop league. It's junior. It, it, it's 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 junior football, JV football. Call it what you want, um, but at the same time, the game is passing Ben by. Ben Ben is Ben is a Ben is Ben is like a he's a CD in a streaming world. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's time. It's, it's wow. It's, his time has come and gone. You know, we stream our music now, and and, and Ben is Ben yeah. is that. Unfortunately, I love Ben, and I want Ben to step away. Marquise Pouncey did it graciously the previous year. I think that Cleveland game was just, as a Steeler fan, that playoff game <laughs> against against Cleveland. That that was, that's probably like the equivalent of when you guys are you guys are fathers, and at some point your son is going to be able to beat you in a, in a game of basketball, or he's going to be stronger than you at some point. That's what it felt like when we lost to Cleveland in the playoff game. It's like. My son could finally beat me up, and I am not ready to acknowledge it. And it was just one of those moments for me, and I, it, it was just hard for me to watch. And we haven't recovered from that. And and look, we are not the class of the AFC North anymore. Um, Mike T's post game speeches are starting to wear a little thin on me, you know. And I I love Mike T. I'm tired of Mike T and his own coverage. He don't mix it up. <laughs> Is it this this right here is a very deep conversation for me? But Ben, I love you graciously. He deserves to go out in class and go out in style. Um, but I don't want to see you under center next year. And that's it. Are you that's conceding? Are I you conceding ben. this season? Because are you conceding this season? Because the team is uh, they're still in the playoff hunt. Ironically, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's going to be hard, Ollie, but if you if you hunt. can get to ten six and one. Yeah, if you Listen, if you run off four straight. Mike T's not going to give you a losing. You know, you're team. in the I, well, Whatever I guarantee, Mike T's going to finish. He's going to finish 500 or above. This streak is going to continue to happen. But we're not going to beat 
we're not the class of the AFC. I, we all know this. There's seven teams that are better than us right now. Um, look, it would be a great story for Ben to go out and, and get a playoff win. But at the end of the day, the day that the, you know, I guess whatever week 17 is and whoever our last game of the season is and we don't make the playoffs or we lose, I'm going to wave my terrible towel. I'm going to shed a tear. But at the end of the day, you know, that's it. I was just in Pittsburgh a few a couple weeks ago to go ahead and watch the game, the Monday night game, and you know he's revered in that town, man. The that, one the Bears, he, the one the Bears should have won. City. And and I love Ben, and we respect Ben for everything he's done. But the game again, Ben is Ben is a CD. Ben is a compact disc. It's time for Ben to go, bro. <laughs> I w- I was a little concerned, and I thought about this. I I, I called you the other day, and uh, we never got the chance to talk about it. But I have this really terrible feeling that when Ben hangs it up and we're trying to figure out a transition quarterback, I had a terrible dream that and thought that Mitch Trubisky could end up in Pittsburgh as a bridge, as a bridge quarterback. And that just almost made me throw up. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I almost threw up. It'll be Jimmy. How about it being Jimmy Garoppolo? That, that, that would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually think He's that would that be area, better than like Mitch. Yeah. No, Jimmy. Jimmy is from Jimmy's from Illinois, isn't he? Oh no, he went to Eastern Illinois. Yeah, he went to Eastern Illinois. But no, Jimmy's from Illinois. Oh, is he? Okay. Well, yeah. it's he, all Jimmy's the same area to me. For those yeah. of us that yeah. live on the coast, it's it, it's all it's 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 all the same area. <laughs> it's a it's a flyover state for you. <laughs> it's, it's, listen, um, man. Uh, r- go ahead. No, I, that that that's it. Look, man. At the end of the day, I I love Ben. Like yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys get to it. But Ben is Ben is that horse that needs to go out to pasture, you know. And whatever happens, happens. Yeah, just, just let him ride out and run run the blue grasses of Kentucky and just let him go, man. That's it. <laughs> well, the the Steelers are still in it, and w- ironically and interesting, and I wanted one of the th- reasons that I put this on the list to talk about today is the Falcons. You know, I live here in Atlanta. Um, I have a setup where I have seven games. And if there's eight, um, there's one that, that I can't put on on that day. And that's more times than not, it's the Falcons. The Falcons end up in one of those games or one of the ones on the outside. But one of the things you notice is that the Falcons, I don't have any Falcons in my fantasy and, you know, no, it's just not my team. But it's Rob's team. And in the midst of everything that's going on, they are a six and seven football team still in the uh right in the mix to get in the playoffs and I, how are they doing this rob like like what's happening how are they getting wins like what's the secret sauce and can it turn into anything i i don't know i don't have the falcons on just like you um no, i watched the game <laughs> i did watch the game uh yeah i mean you know you know i don't watch but you know uh I think I think uh, you know it's just been a, a combination of um, you know some you know some some I, I'm not gonna say luck, but I think um, you know they 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 beat the Panthers twice, which uh, you know that's that's two wins right there, um, you know, and they they they've been able to find something with Cordell Patterson, um, which I believe is obviously has galvanized the uh, the offense uh, a great deal. Um, they found a running game with with a basically what. I mean, he came into the league as a as a special teams guy, receiver guy, um, who came in and you know he's able to he's able to they, they found like you called and told me you said like, the Falcons have finally found a way to use Cordell Patterson. Um, 
So, I mean, given like seven other teams didn't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Just given, you know, and just, just, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you get to this point in the season and, you know, Matt Ryan for, for whatever, whatever people want to say, I mean, he's a, he's a hall of fame quarterback who's still playing at a pretty decent clip. And whenever you got a guy that can make throws, get you in and out of the right play, um, who's still playing, you know, at a decent level, you're always going to be in games. And I think that, uh, you know, he's shown that, um, even with Calvin Ridley taking his, you know, his mental break, um, and, and I do that, you know, take care of yourself. If you got a, something wrong with your, with your head, you got to get that fixed. But, you know, but it's been like, so you, so you ask the question, like, how are they able to do it? I don't know. I really don't. You know, I sit, I, I have the games on from time to time, but when I'm sitting, I'm like, why are they still in this game? And <laughs> why, why are they up? Right. Yeah. How, now uh, give, how, give them some credit, man. Give them some credit because it's hard to win games in the national football league, as we all know. And, uh, Listen, it's just one of those things where when you have a team and they're just scratching along and then you get to December, you never know what could happen when you get in December and you get into January. And, you know, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I wish my team was six and seven. I guess that's effectively what I'm saying. Tab, you um, alluded earlier to uh, the division being really about the Arizona Cardinals and the, and the L.A. Rams. And that just so happens to be the matchup tonight uh, for Monday night. What's your take on how this is going to play out? Because I think Arizona's had the – well, I don't think this is a fact. Arizona's had, like, the best record in the league for most of the season, has been able to um, manage that through injuries to Hopkins and to Kyler Murray and still get games. And tonight, I think it's a chance for them to really take control of the division and take control of, you know, having that one um, bye week. What's your take as a person who watches these teams a lot, probably a lot more than people here back east? Look, man, the Cardinals are the best team in football that nobody is talking about um, for some reason. Um, as much as we all hate to say it, like, sh- shout out to Cliff Kingsbury. Whatever he's got going on, I know – me, I was one of the people that was skeptical about him coming there to the NFL with the air raid and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, look, man, it's funny because we talked about teams not running the ball. They do run the ball. And as a matter of fact, they run the ball with what with, with a former Steeler and James Conner, who has found a second home and who is adding real depth and balance to that backfield. Um, and then on the flip side, it's like defense is playing well for them. This to me, this is Arizona's. This is their year. This is their year. This is Kyler Murray's chance to go ahead and shine on a national stage tonight, specifically, take hold of this division, let everybody know that they're for real. Um, it's a home game, and it's it's you know, I guess it's good to be a, a Phoenix fan in terms of basketball and football. But it's like to me, this is a big night for them, and it's one of those things where I, I really believe that. They are the class of the NFC West, if not the overall the class of the NFC, arguably with Tampa Bay, but we'll see. But to me, I really think the Arizona Cardinals are the story of the year. And again, kudos to Cliff Kingsbury, what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're really doing it. Um, it's funny that because I was just and playing reading good an article recently too. about, about uh, Isaiah Parsons. People were, I think he was supposed to be what, I'm sorry, Isaiah, the, the, the guy they got. Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. He was supposed to be Michael Parsons. Everybody thought that he was going to be the guy who Michael Parsons turned out to be. But he sort of kind of 
it's fallen in there somewhere and kind of hasn't turned out to be that way. But honestly, other than that, Cardinals, man, they are the real deal. Real deal. Um, you, what, you gave what me a stat. Go ahead. Just real quick here, Rob. I'll throw it back to you. You gave me a stat um, tab that I actually used in our first podcast um, about Matt Stafford. Uh, seven, what was it? Nine and 71. I don't know where you sourced it, nine but and nine and 71 in games against winning teams. Yes. Uh, no playoff wins, I, I believe. Um, is that the real Matt Stafford? And as we talk about controlling the division now his stats i believe it's 30 uh touchdowns nine picks he's i think third in that yards per attempt that and i think in his case he is actually throwing the ball down the field and they're getting huge chunk plays he's found uh, a weapon in um i want to say the kid's name is jefferson so there's some things there. they're a dangerous team do you are, do you think that matt shows up as matt and they sort of like the Rams go kind of do the things that the the thing that the Rams the Rams have done previously, or is he the thing that pushes them over and literally lets them compete for a Super Bowl this year? Rob, you could take that. I do. I mean, I do think that. Uh, I think the stat that he, that um, I do think that they can compete for a Super Bowl. I think the the the, the stat that that Tab gave um, is a it's it's valid to a point. I mean, because how many games did Detroit you know win against anybody? You know, I mean, you know, nine and seventy-one. I mean, that so Calvin Johnson is in that. You know, there's there's other players that are that that are in that. I mean, you look at now you look at Jared Goff. I mean, he's there now. Now his win's going down and against winning teams, against losing teams. You just you go to Detroit and you just start to lose. Like that's that's just part of you know that <laughs> that 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 franchise has been terrible since I'm what since Barry left. I mean, feel like, you know, so I, I mean, you know, now yeah. I, I think that Matt Stafford with the Rams is what I, I think it's this is a, a a better reflection of what a team can do with the, with a quarterback with his arm talent. So, yes, not that's real. That that is a very real stat. I'm just simply saying that Detroit is man. I don't know if Brady could win in Detroit. I mean, Detroit is. That Detroit is <laughs> rough, you know. So I, yeah. I, that's a great, that's a great stat, and I love that stat because, you know, who would have thought that a quarterback with his numbers would have that record against winning teams? But then you kind of go, oh, Detroit. You go, oh, oh okay, all right. Well, I'm a, I'm not gonna give him a full right. mulligan, but I will say that I think that this version of Matt Stafford, given you know the, the play calling, um, well, what's the coach's name? I forgot it. Got a daggone name. Um, with the with that head coach who went to Marist, went to yeah went to Marist High School. I know the high school he went to. I don't remember yeah. his damn name. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and the weapons that they have. I think that um, you know, I, I think this is a a better version of you know of, of of what Matt can truly be. And I think and 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 you know if you okay if you ask the Rams who would they rather have, I'm sure that they they're happier with the guy that they have. And I'm and I'm sure that if you ask Detroit, sure. they could just switch it back. I think they would rather have Matt back. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I think Detroit felt like they had to go on. I'm not sure how you arrive at a decision like that. Maybe, and I, I forget what the compensation was. Maybe you get a big package and you rebuild. Um, I just think tonight will give us a lot of information about that Ram team and about that Cardinals team. I, listen, the Cardinals have proven to me that they're for real. Rams, eh, not so much. I think they got to go in 
there today and and get a win to get everybody sort of back on their bandwagon. I know we all bet on games. What's the line in that game tonight? And, That's what and, I'm uh, Give me a prediction. Give me the give me a prediction with the line uh, on what you would play if you had to play with it. If you had to play that game tonight. You pull up. Tab, you, I know you got the yeah, line. Yeah, I'm pulling tab, it up. Okay, I'm pulling it up. I, tab, I would have thought you had it, man. Yeah. I had such a good week last night, man. You know what I mean? Just, I just wanted to just enjoy right. my splendors. It's uh, over one, over under fifty one, um, minus two and a half, uh, minus two and a half, Arizona. minus two and a half Arizona. Load okay. up on the Cardinals. And, and you, so fact, you heard I'm it there. You got right you got an official. <laughs> that's an official. That's an official play. Rob, I don't how know about if you? If, it, if, if it's okay and it's proper protocol to bet as I'm sitting here talking, <laughs> I don't know how you this can. Works. It's legal for the FCC, yeah. but I'm actually placing a wager as we speak right now. <laughs> Give me a minute, Rob. You have a prediction? Uh, I, I, I'll take, I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I'm, I'll stay away from the, from the, uh, from the minus two and a half. Uh, yeah, my I think for me. My prediction is points. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get right in between both of y'all. That sounds funny. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Arizona money line. I would take Arizona. I would money line that play. Pay a is little that, bit extra, is that value? and I will take is that money line. I, I don't know if it's offering value, but I see the value in just asking Kyler Murray to get a win, uh, as opposed to, and I guess, I guess. What I've had, what my experience has been with betting is like I'd rather just take them to get the win and find a way to get it. And but I think the assumption is always that if you get it, you get it by three. But when I bet, I be getting, I be buying numbers and moving lines, and it helps me. So if I can get, if I can, depending on what the what the value is, if I can get that uh, money line for a little bit extra money, I'd be happy to do it. And I like the over, uh, like you said. Um, before we get out of here, because I know. Uh, He's got a heart out. I do. Um, I want to talk about real quick Hugh Jackson, who being I know me and Rob and Statlines Matter is kind of a big fan of, uh, has taken the job down at Grambling State, and I think sort of following in line with Deion Sanders and Eddie George, who have gone down to HBCUs and, and with the, an attempt to restore football pride in a program and of no bigger HBCU program than Grambling. Um, you guys speak a little bit about what that means to you, what you think it means to uh, HBCUs and what it means to sort of at least creating some talent pool and talent flow from those schools back to, to the league potentially. Look, I, I think this renaissance with Back to HBCUs, you saw it first, I think, with Eddie George. I don't know if he was first or Prime was first, Coach Prime was first, but I honestly think this is amazing to bring attention back. And I, I think one of the things it really does is it, it it's, it's removing, because I, I think last year there was no one drafted out of an HBCU to the, to the league last year, which was serious. And I know Coach Prime is talking about doing an HBCU-only combine, um, which is which should be great because look these guys i mean obviously Dion knows nfl what nfl talent is he says he has nfl talent on his roster he knows what he has um i think hugh jackson going there 
is going to prepare guys to play in the league. Um, and I think I would love to see more of this. I want to see guys going back and, and bringing light to these programs. Um, guys who play, who've coached or played on the next level. I think it's an amazing opportunity for these kids to get, to get shine. And, you know, it's funny because back in the day, we used to have a lot more players from the HBCU schools used to be in there. Like, you know, that was, that wasn't even a story. You know, you had your Aeneas Williams, you had your Jerry Rice's, your Jackie Slater's, your Stephen Nair's, the list goes on. But guys who, Walter who, who came from HBCUs and went on to be incredible players. You know what I'm saying? Daryl Green, if I'm not mistaken, was one of them as well. But it's like, honestly, like, we used to see a lot more of that. We don't see that anymore. And I think these guys returning back to HBCUs will go ahead and hopefully create more of a pipeline back to the NFL. It's like, I think it's great for what's going on in the HBCU. Yeah, I um, I, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm just going to piggyback off of that. I think it's just going it, to, it boils down. The reason why Deion Sanders has had the impact that he's had is because he's been able to recruit. I'm able to get a couple four-star guy, uh, a couple four-star guys to come. Um, and I think that uh, you know, Hugh, if he if he can recruit, if he can bring in, you know, if he can bring in a decent class, that's when you start to that's when things change. Uh, and we've talked about this uh, offline a number of times, um, me and Mark, about the uh, about more. Uh, African American athletes, you know, given the given given uh, HBCUs a, a a look, a real serious look um, to, to to you know to take their talents. I mean, if you're going to the NFL, um, or if, if 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 you look like you streamlined to the NFL anyway, you know, a kid like a, a Bryce Young or you know, insert whoever you want to insert, um, you know, giving those guys, giving 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 one of those schools an opportunity to you know to to you to to bring to take your talent to that school. What is obviously gonna like you look at what what Steve McNair did at Alcorn State. I mean, his games were coming on ESPN. I mean, and that all that TV revenue, um, you know, all the all the attention that because the TV contracts is, is where a lot of those schools make a lot of the money, and they're following basically the talent. You know, the, I mean, the SEC when I have the contract that they have uh, with ESPN, et cetera, and have their own station, if they didn't have all those four and five star athletes going to those schools, if those schools and if those athletes end up going to you know, your Shaw University, your Alcorn State, your Grambling, you know, I believe the TV contracts would follow eventually because they're going to, because all they're following is the best product, the best talent. So if you can recruit, I think that, you know, initially it's, you know, you, you, but you can't recruit until you get the job. So he's got the job. Now, hopefully he can follow it up with some recruiting. Um, you also, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys, uh, this flo flo floated under the radar, but Eddie George got hired as the head coach for Tennessee State, which is where, Hugh Jackson just came from. Hugh Jackson was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee State. Now moves on to Grambling, and Eddie George is now the head coach at uh, Tennessee State. So there's that. Yeah, no, we, we and we talked about that. That we talked about that in the opening of the segment of of those three guys, sort of bringing an NFL pedigree into the HBCUs. And and, and listen, I, I'm realistic enough to know that it's not going to turn, and you know, we're not going to start seeing a mass exodus of four and five star kids. You know, if Clemson's going to get a guy, or or, or Notre Dame's going to get a guy, or Georgia or Alabama's going to get a guy, they're probably going to get those guys. But I think when it comes down to a three star kid going to play at Kansas or going to play at New Mexico State, go go play for a guy that can get you to the league. And that can make NFL scouts come and see you because 
you know, regardless of what we think of Hugh, Hugh is a respected, like, lifelong NFL guy. And if Hugh says, hey, look, I got a guy who can catch the ball. I got a guy that can, that, you know, I got a left tackle that can, that can block. He's got good feet. You're going to get that invite to the combine. You're going to get that look. And I think, I think these guys being there gives it a different, um, gives it a different look to the whole landscape of when it comes to black talent and where that black talent ultimately wants to, to get its shine. I think Dion is doing an amazing job of making us pay attention to Jackson state in a way. I mean, he got the uniforms looking good. He put everybody's names on the back of the Jersey. I know it sounds small, but these a lot of times are the reasons why people go to even the big schools that they go to. It'd be like little things that, that, that makes them choose that obviously facilities, but it's like, you know, dudes choose for reasons about like how many guys go to the league or how they look and what the uniforms look like. And you know, all that, not everybody's making an academic decision. Some of these guys are making a football decision and I would, I would trust some of that to Deion Sanders. I would trust some of that to, to Hugh Jackson and uh, and the like. So I'm hopeful that this is a continuing trend because if nothing else, we know they're going to get better coaching. Because uh, I think that's one of the things that's maybe changed too down there. Um, the coaching hasn't been as good. And that's no knock to some of the guys that have been coaching those kids. But it's been sort of a combination of talent and coaching. You can coach some guys up and, and get them to the league. Um but um, listen, I think this is a good way, uh, good spot for us to break. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to, um, and I hate that sometimes we have to do this. We we had we talked about Virgil Abloh in our last show. Uh, since the last time we published, uh, we lost Demarius Thomas, wide receiver from the Denver Denver Broncos. Uh, and and uh, it's interesting in that my brother, you know, Demarius lived here in Atlanta. My brother and him used to get coffee at the same spot uh, out near where they live. He would see Demarius all the time and was shocked. Uh, we lost that brother at 33 years of age. I think there were some health issues. Nobody's really said yet um, seizures and things like that. You don't want to speculate, but um, he will be missed. The Denver Broncos, I think, did an amazing job of honoring him uh, during the game yesterday and uh, and getting the win. They, they, they actually um, took care of business as well. So, um, you know, uh, respect to his family, condolences to his people, and uh, and all the people that's out there that love and support him and his former teammates. Um, in the meantime, uh, before we let Tab go, I want to um, just quickly let y'all know we're honored to have him. This is a guy who is responsible, who's brought such amazing talent into the music industry, the Frank Oceans of the world. Uh, he introduced me to Frank early in our career, and that's how he and I got involved with him. Um, Alessia Cara you know, had a huge one, Best New Artist for Grammys a few years ago, most recently Snow Allegra. I mean, there's so many amazing projects. So we we were blessed to get not just an amazing executive, but amazing football and sports guy. He's a, actually a bigger baseball guy, if we're being honest. Um, but this he's an amazing sports fan and uh, an amazing executive that I go back, you know, many, many years with. Um, also, y'all know where to reach us. Come, like, subscribe, hit the notifications on our YouTube channel. We out here doing some amazing things. Tell your friends, let them know to follow us on our uh, all our platforms. Ask that lines matter on Instagram, on TikTok, all of that. We're there. And if you uh, when we go live, you can come here get comments, and we'll even get your comment up here, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll shout you out on here. So thank you guys for joining us, Tab. Thanks thank for you very much for joining this, us. Man. It's it's been an honor. Uh, Rob, as usual, this is great. It's great to do it like this. 
Um, we're going to still get together, but it's good to have this as an option as well. I'm Mark Stewart. That's my partner, Rob Hunter. That's the legend tab to be so in Kenyanya. It's funny because hit him on his Instagram. He likes to hit me in on his Instagram. Personal legend, personal underscore legend seven on Instagram. Hit him up with it's your hot face. music. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you all for tuning in. I'm Mark Stewart, Rob Hunter. This is Stat Lines Matter. Peace. Peace. Bad boy. I ain't come for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my. Say it to my face. I ain't come for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my. Say it to my face.